Well, this morning, as we face a new year, I want to share a quick just encouragement and challenge. And uh, hopefully push us all into taking that step that God has for us. Um, the title of, of the message I just want to give you this morning is do something new, even if it kills you. And the subtext is because if you don't, it will. All right. And, and you'll see why in just a second. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in second Kings, second Kings chapter seven. And we're just going to read a story. And yet I think this story can encourage us. The principles are there um, that we can walk in. Even, you know, it says that all these stories that we read in the Old Testament, people say, well, you know, what does that have to do with us today? You know, and yet it says in Corinthians, it says that all of these things were written for our admonition upon which the ends of the world have come. Even those of us that are at the end times, we can read these and they were written to, to warn us, to guide us, to give us the same principles because God never changes. He works the same way now as he did then. And so we can learn from, from our brothers and sisters of old. So in 2 Kings chapter 7, just a little bit of a background. Um, this is the time when uh, the city of Jerusalem was under siege, uh, the the, the the judgment of God was falling on his people because they had they had time and time again disobeyed him, uh, been unfaithful to him. He had brought the uh, army of the Arameans uh, against them, and they were under siege. And there was a great famine uh, going on in the city because, of course, the siege kept any food from going in. And, and uh, so they were all dying. And um, uh, we pick up the story in verse Three. Okay. And we're going to pick up not the people inside, but we're going to pick up four lepers. And, and of course, if you remember anything about um, the culture at that time, if you had leprosy, you, you didn't even get to live inside the city. You had to live outside the city anyway. Um, so uh, we pick up the story of four lepers who are outside the city. Um, verse three says, now there were four leprous men. At the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, excuse me, we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we will die there. So come. Oh. And if we sit here, we will die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, then we will live. But if they kill us, then we will die. And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And as they went, they came to the outskirts of the Syrian camp. And to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army coming at them. So the Syrians said to one another, 
Look, the king of Israel must have hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they got up, arose, and fled at twilight and left the camp intact with all their tents, their horses, donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and they ate and they drank. And then they carried from it silver and gold and clothing and they went and hid it. And then they came back and entered another tent and they carried some from there also. And they went and hid it. Then they said to one another, we are not doing what is right. This day is a day of good news. And yet we remain silent. If we wait until morning light and it is discovered by others, then punishment will come upon us. So therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and they called to the gatekeeper of the city on the wall. And they told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys and the tents were still intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they went and told it to the king's household inside the city. So we see this story of a great miracle that happened that saved the city. But not only that, it saved these, these four lepers. Now, when we look at this salvation that God brought, and it was also the answer to a prophecy uh, because he had prophesied before that happened that by this time tomorrow, you're going to have more food than you can ever eat. It's going to be so cheap that you're selling flour for pennies. Um, uh, and yet, and he talked to this one wicked servant, you're not going to see it because you're going to be dead uh, at the very moment it comes. And we know that after the lepers told the people in the city what had happened, they all came out and got all the food. There was more food um, uh, that they could even use. And so it was so cheap as they sold it to one another. But there was so much rush to get the food that the wicked servant got trampled to death in the city gates and was killed uh, before he ever saw the salvation that came to the city. So I want to talk to us because at the end of this year, I think we feel like we have been barricaded in a city. I think literally sometimes in our own homes in the middle of a famine, maybe not a, a physical famine, but, but a social famine It is a famine where we feel like we are just being shriveled up uh, because of the, the quarantines and, and all the things that have been going on. And so uh, I think Many times we can relate uh, to them in some sense. It has definitely not been anywhere near as bad as that. And yet there's many that are struggling emotionally. There's many that are struggling physically. Um, there's many that are struggling with provision. There's those that have lost their jobs and they're just struggling to get by. And so we are definitely in a place that we need God's miracle of, of salvation, uh, just a breath of life to come in and breathe into us. And I believe that God wants to give us that. But I believe that more importantly than, than what goes on in our society and 
and the pandemic and everything else. I believe what we don't realize that we have been in a spiritual famine, that we have uh, been dying spiritually. And I think we are all uh, in that place to some extent. And so to experience the, the outpouring of God's blessing spiritually is what he wants to bring us. He wants to bring us um, uh, that fresh feeling of his presence, of joy, of peace, uh, of knowing uh, that he has a purpose for us and, and, and just the joy of walking with him of, of plenty that they received that they took and they actually took it from the enemy. Um, they received it from the enemy. So how do we receive that? No matter where you are, I want to talk about how can you receive a blessing from God just like they did? How can God maybe break open the prisons that you're in? Maybe no one else knows that you're feeling this, but you are you know that you're feeling like blocked in in your spirit. Maybe you feel like I don't even hear God anymore. You know, I don't even feel his presence anymore. God wants to break us out of that. So how do we do that? The first thing we look at is in verse three. They asked the question. This is what they said. They looked at each other and they said this. Why are we sitting here until we die? You see, they came to a place that they said. I'm sick and tired of this. Why am I just doing the same thing? Just wasting away. Why am I going to stay here until I die? And see, here's the first thing we've got to come to. We've got to come to a place of desperation. You see, they could have just sat there. They said, you know what? This is our lot. We're lepers. We don't get much anyway. Oh, well, we're just going to, I guess this is where we're going to die. And they could have just sat there until they died. And you know what? That's what we do. Many times we sit in our, and we just say, well, that's just what life has dealt me. This is just my lot. And I guess this is what God has for me. And we just become comfortable. We become complacent. And, and sometimes it's not in self-pity. Sometimes it's in our goodness. You know what? I have a pretty good life. And, and I, I, you know what? I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I don't need to change. Everything seems pretty good to me. And, and so we get comfortable in that. So whatever our situation, we don't even realize that we're dying. We've got to come to the realization that if we don't do something new, if we don't draw closer to God and we just stay where we are, no matter what, if we stay where we are, we're going to die. You see, even the children of Israel, when they were brought out of Egypt, they were brought into the promised land. And we talked about this on Christmas Eve. God's presence itself was with them. They had the fire at night and the pillar of cloud by day, and they could see the very presence of God. And yet it said that it didn't just stay there, that the cloud would move. And when the cloud moved, they needed to pack up and move with it. If the fire started to move, they need to move with it. I'm sure that there were some that said, you know, what? we just un we just undid our tents. I just set up my tent. I'm not going to pack it all up now. And, oh, and here it's now it's moving. Oh, great. God. I'm sure they stayed there. Well, we're going to stay here a couple of days. But then they never found it again. There are those stragglers who just stayed where they were. And you know what? They died because they didn't move 
with the presence of God. We may know God. We are Christians that call ourselves Christians. And yet, if we do not stay close to God, if we just get comfortable where we are, I'm going to tell you, you're going to die where you are. Spiritually, our spirit will shrivel up and become cold and hard. And we will miss out on what God has for us. And so let's become desperate. We need to become desperate and say every day, why am I going to sit here and die? We need to get up and do something. We need to go somewhere new. We need to get closer to God. We need to follow him. Now, look what they asked. With the desperation, they said, okay, I'm desperate. I want more of God. I, I want to do something um, uh, that gets me uh, out of this, this rut. We have choices. So they said, here's our choice. We can go into the city where the famine is, and we can die with everyone else. But that's not going to help us. And yet many times that's what we do. You know what we choose? Many times we choose, I don't want to die alone, but I just want to go where everyone else is doing, where everyone else is. And yet they're dying themselves. We put our hope in other people. We put our hope in society, in culture. And, and we think that the answer to this missing thing is to get involved in activities or to make more money and to live a, a higher quality of life, uh, to, to, to join in with the Joneses, to be a part of the crowd, to be accepted in society. And yet you don't realize that they're dying too. And the very things that we're reaching for are things that are dying just the same as we are. We've got to stop trying to compare ourselves to everyone else. We need to stop reaching for what the, the culture and society says we need to be happy. So here was the other choice. Well, we can go to the camp of the Syrians, but we don't know what's going to happen there. They might kill us. They might see us as enemies and kill us. But you know what? It's better the unknown, the possibility, than certain death. And many times that's the choice us. We're like, Okay, I can, I can really seek God, and, and I'm going to follow God. But you know what? Man, to follow God, that means to change how I do things. It's inconvenient sometimes. I might have to give up these things that I really enjoy. It feels like it's going to kill us. Let's be honest. Sometimes following God, to really get close to God, feels like it's going to kill us. God, you're, gonna, you're killing me, God. And yet... Because we think we're going to miss out. But yet they said, you know what? It's better to miss out. It's better to take a chance that, you know what? It might kill me. Following God might kill me. I might miss out on what everyone else is doing. But I would rather take that chance. Because that's the only chance of actually finding life. See, following everyone else, following this world, it's known. Yeah, you might be happy for a while. You might uh, really enjoy that last meal, but you better understand that's going to be your last meal. And is it worth it? It's not. We think it is. Isn't it better 
to step out and follow God. I'm going to tell you, there's no promises. When you follow God, when you get close to God, I don't know what God is going to do. I don't know where God's going to take us. And it may be through some valleys. It may be through some storms. But here's what I do know. That's my only chance of breaking through to something that I can never get any other way. And that is life. That is purpose. That is meaning. That is the joy of what I was created to be. Am I willing to step out even though it may kill me? Because if you don't, you are going to die. And that's what we got. We've got to come to that realization in our in our mind. That's where that desperation has got to start. And then we've got to step out into the unknown. Are we willing to follow him? Now, look at this. When they made that choice, they had a journey to take. The, the camp was not right there. They had to journey to the camp. And it was every step along the journey that God, when those lepers took a step way down the road, they didn't see it. Every step they took was the sound of a chariot or horses and a great army to the enemy. They had to keep taking those steps. To them, it was just a step. I'm getting tired. Man, how far was this camp, did you say? Right? They, they, they probably looked at each other. Maybe the one guy who had the idea. Do you know where we're even going? They, they journeyed. They were tired. And yet they didn't realize that every step they took was breaking down the enemy. Guys, I want to encourage you. As you begin to follow God, as you maybe get this challenge that I want to challenge you in this year to draw closer to God. Every step you take to God, it, it, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's an effort. It's a choice. It's a journey. And you're not going to see the result right away. But I'm going to tell you, every step closer to God, you are breaking down the walls that are holding back blessing in your life, even though you don't see it and you don't hear it. You see, they didn't hear all this chariots and horses and arms. Only the, the enemy heard it. But it took day after day. It, well, for them, step after step. For us, it's day after day of being faithful. It might be year after year of getting closer to God, but you cannot give up until you get to the camp. Many times we want God to just, well, where's the camp? I want to be here right now. You've got to take a step of faith and continue in it faithfully because it's you never know how many steps it's going to take to break down that wall that is holding back the plan of God in your life and yet we give in way too quick and then we fall right back well I might as well just go back and sit at the gate don't do it let's be faithful and let's be enduring and let's get closer to God every day because every step is breaking down that wall. That means, you know, every Sunday it's like, oh, I get tired of going to church. I get tired of paying my tithe. Every dollar you give, every, every, every night you take time to get into the word of God. Every time that you stay faithful, you know, that one day I'm tired. I don't want to spend time in prayer, but I need to. And you stay faithful in your routine of getting close because those are the steps of getting close to God. What are the steps? They are spending time in the word. They're spending time in prayer. And prayer is just saying, God, teach me. God, I'm, I'm, 
I want to know you. God, this is what I'm feeling. And, and it is, it's that communion, communion with God. Getting in the word is reading and saying, God, show me who you are as you read it. But those are the steps that get you close to God. Coming together, this is one of the steps that gets us closer to God. Every time we come together, we're taking a step to, to know God more. All of those things, as you serve others, as you touch the needy, as you share the gospel, all of those things are steps towards God. And as you take those steps, and maybe we need to be more intentional in taking those steps, we will one day get to the camp. And what did it say? When they got to the camp, they found that it was all left for them. They had food, they ate, they had clothing, they had gold, treasure, silver, more than they could ever use. And I'm telling you, God may not bless us materially in this world, but there is going to be joy. There's going to be a peace that you can't even explain. Why do I just feel, I just feel good. Even though, man, it seems my, my life may be falling apart. My job's not going so well. You know, my family is not going to, but there's something that God is opening up in my heart. You see, God wants to bless you in so many ways. It's not just materially. And that's what they, they received. They received this blessing from God because they made the journey. Because they stepped out into the unknown and said, God, I'm desperate and I'm not going to stay here anymore. This new year. Let's not stay here anymore in our spirit. Let's seek God with all our heart. Let's run to God. Let's begin. Say, God, I'm going to take a step closer to you. I don't know when that blessing is going to show up. I don't know when we're going to get to the camp that God has for us. But it's there. And I'm heading towards it. And I'm keeping my eyes on it. But here's the last thing. When we get there. And maybe along the way, I think sometimes it's not getting to the camp. I think sometimes along the way, we find things scattered on the ground. What, what is this lane here in the, where the enemy maybe just dropped it and ran? Maybe we haven't even got to the camp, but God drops something along the road that the enemy dropped. And that's a blessing that God gives us. But here's the thing, that this is what they realized. At first, they just... They just soaked it in and just consumed it. But God says, even my blessing is not to be consumed. It's to be given. It said, this is not right. We need to go and tell others. We need to let them know what God has done. We need to begin to open up and, and give what God has given us. And notice what they said. If we don't, if we don't go and tell others what's going to happen, there's punishment coming. Because what they're saying is, when the daylight comes, everyone's going to see what God has done. And then they're going to see us, and they're going to say, what? You knew this, and you didn't come to us, and, and we're going to be punished. I think it's the same way. When we get to heaven, God is going to bless with me, but there's going to be people that look at us and say, you couldn't have told me sooner? And I think there are going to be, and I know it's going to be heaven but it definitely says that in heaven there will be rewards and, and there will be punishment. It says some of the stuff that you have will be burnt up 
Even though you are saved, there's going to be remorse and regret and punishment. I don't know how that people say, well, I don't care as long as I'm in heaven. Well, I think you will care at that point because the Bible says that. So let's share the goodness of God with others. Not only this year do we need to get up out of our place of routine, but we also need to begin to share with others that there's a God that has promised good things and we're journeying there and, and, and come along with us and even look along the way what we have found, that these little morsels of peace and joy. We need to begin to tell others. We need to cry to the gates. Hey, come out of the city. Why are you living like that? There's joy out here with God. We need to call people into what God has for us. So today, we're on the verge of a new year. Are we going to do something new, even if it kills us? I don't know what God has for this year, but are we willing to follow God even if it kills us? Even if God calls us to a hard road, are we willing to say, well, that hard road may lead to something great? And so I'm going to take the step on the journey because why sit here and die? Why do the same thing and then shrivel up and die spiritually and even physically? Let's do something new. Let's get closer to God. Let's do something new for God. Let's begin to find out more about him. Let's, let's grow in that relationship with him. And then maybe, even if it kills us, but maybe we'll find life. And there will be newness of purpose that will make it all worthwhile. Amen. Let's pray.